Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. We're living in a world where all of those in-between moments, walking by the road, laying down, getting up, they're filled with passive media consumption. So you, during your detox and beyond, you're you're taking away that that thing that's filling the time, filling every gap, every quiet moment that parents can really seize to pour into their kids, to connect with their kids. And that's really what's behind all of this is amping up the connection with our kids like never before. It's that relationship component, just like how a good God wants to connect with us and wants to have a relationship with us. Um, we're reflecting that to our kids and it's really powerful. I love sharing this message with parents. The past couple of years with the pandemic have had a huge impact on our children, especially when it comes to screen time. Many parents relied on tablets and television to keep our children busy while we were working from home. And if it wasn't that, we were just trying to keep our kids busy as many of us were in lockdown. We're joined today by Molly DeFrank. She is a mother of six as well as the author of Digital Detox, the two-week tech reset for kids. She says it's time to flip the switch and get our kids back into their connections. She's going to share with us how we can start doing this. We're joined today by Molly DeFrank. She is a mom of six and an author. And an author of a book that so many of us are going to want to pick up, Digital Detox, the two-week tech reset for kids. We're going to get around to that in a little bit. First, we just want to get to know you a little bit better. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, born and raised in Southern California. Um, went to school in, uh, to college in Northern California and where I met my husband. I studied international relations and then I worked for um, an actor turned governor for a little while. <laughs> um, and then I worked for a couple of years and then we started having kiddos. I, I quit my job to stay home and raise them. And I've been doing that full-time mom gig for about, um, 11 years. And we have six kids right now. We uh, have four biological kids and two who came to us through foster care and our lives, our lives are really busy, <laughs> but really full and wonderful. So this book is obviously going to mean a lot to you. Six kids. How do you keep those six kids busy? Yeah. Um, you know what? The key for us has been just watching how they're individually wired and, um, and kind of be in the, the wind in their sails. So kind of equipping them and, um, giving them the tools they need to use the gifts they already have. Um, it, it's so fun. And this is one of the things I love about the digital detox. I talk about this a lot in the book. Um, a lot of parents think that when they detox their kids, they're going to have to, you know, suddenly entertain them all day. But what's actually happening is you're removing this filter. So you're just seeing your kids really clearly and how they're wired and how they're gifted and how you can just come alongside them and, and kind of watch them. Like they're going to create, they're going to explore. Um, so yeah, my kids, they really keep themselves busy a lot. We kind of come in and, and love playing with them, but I love them showing me how they're wired and all those things. It's fun. You know, speaking of this digital detox and your book, uh, the past two years with the pandemic have led a lot of us who typically wouldn't allow, like I know in my own household, I have two kids only yeah. five and seven right now. I never let them touch tablets. It would have like, you know, a little bit of TV, but during the pandemic, I got switched to work from home and I needed them to be quiet. So all of a sudden my kids are on these screens, which I was so against. And now now that things are, you know, somewhat turning back to normal, we're trying to get them off and we're trying to detox them. How do we do this after having two years of our kids being stuck on screens? 
Yes, that's the question. And you're so not alone. Um, families were put in these impossible situations over COVID where, you know, daycare shut down, school shut down, going online, but parents still have to work. And so parents are working from home. And what do you do, especially with your kids ages? It's like, it's just, it was so difficult for so many parents. So it's no wonder screen time actually doubled recreational screen use for kids. Um, 12 year old kids went from spending four hours a day on recreational screens to eight. And then after kids went back to school in person, um, that number didn't go back down and that's not counting screen time for school. So this is a huge problem. Um, but fortunately, and you know what, I say this, I didn't plan this out. We detoxed our kids before the pandemic. Um, and thankfully it helped us to get kind of that right calibration and our kids, um, interested in so many non-screen activities that we didn't really struggle with the screen time uh, problem during the pandemic. And I, I really do hesitate to say that because it can sound annoying, but it's not because of a special skill. It's just because the timing worked, worked out that way. And so I really just want to encourage parents that you can absolutely get there. You can, um, you can set this up in a way that is sustainable to where the technology is in its right place. You don't have to banish it all forever, but what you're doing is you're taking this two week um, time span to really just reacquaint your kids with real life fun. Because I didn't know this at the time when we did our kids either, but there's a lot of science to back this up. Um, what you're actually doing is you're resetting your kids dopamine levels in their brains because their devices are engineered to release excessive amounts of dopamine in their brain to keep them scrolling, tapping. And, um, that's just the way the human brain works and the way, the way these Silicon Valley brilliant geniuses have, have engineered these dopamine release points. Brains are getting so much dopamine from the devices that dopamine receptors are numbing out. So like any addictive cycle, you need more in order to enjoy the same, um, in order to have the same amount of enjoyment that, that you once did with less dopamine. So real life cannot compare real life. And it just, it doesn't compare for our kids. If the screen time is on the table, on a normal day, even if you're like, oh, we'll do it later. It'll be in the afternoon, but enjoy outside time. Parents find their kids are still complaining of boredom and there's there's science behind it. Um, so what you're doing is you're giving your kids this two-week dopamine fast where those levels are back down. Now you're removing this filter of passive entertainment. Now they hit those boredom walls and they're like, I guess I better negotiate this boredom on my own, which is a critical skill they need for life. And, and they will. They're our kids are so smart and they're just waiting to, um, to use their imagination and to troubleshoot their boredom and to do all of these things and explore this beautiful world that they're in. And sometimes they just need a little parental nudge. When you hear that word boredom and you hear it come out of your kids, the first thing is like, okay, I guess I have to find something for you to do. But what I'm hearing from you is like, just let them get to that stage and let them figure it out on their own because there's a beauty that can come out of that. Absolutely. And, and boredom is not a problem to solve. So many times parents, we hear our kids complain of boredom. And so we go to like, okay, they need to be entertained, but we don't need to entertain our kids. We boredom is actually our imaginations beckoning us to create, um, to invent something. Um, and that's a huge skill to develop in our kids for, you know, when you're bored, where do you go? Like, what do you dwell on? What do you think about what drives you? Like, do you want to build something? Do you want to, do you want to exercise? Like, do you want to go for a run? You want to do cartwheels, you know? And, and when you take that, all the passive entertainment off the table, um, now you get to see your kids clearly more clearly than you ever have before. And this is what blew us me away during our detox. Um, my three oldest kids at the time were gosh, 10, I want to say 10, eight 
and seven, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And um, their favorite, their three favorite hobbies were each a different video game. And I just thought, well, that's how kids play today. That's just what it is. Well, after our detox, they have completely new hobbies that have that aren't involving screens at all. Um, They still enjoy video gaming, but we just do, you know, an hour once a week. But if you had told me, if we had tried to tell the kids before our detox, okay, instead of your daily hour, we're just going to do one hour once a week. It, it wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but when you take that window and you're giving them a chance to kind of exercise those muscles and, and hone some new skills and, and um, ideas for play, then you're set up later. And so the first half of the book is about the detox, how to get through it. It's very practical. Um, and then the second half of the book is how to create a long-term plan to sustain those results without kind of moving off the grid. So, cause most parents, they don't want to eliminate all technology forever. They just want to, they just need a minute because the status quo isn't working and adjusting minutes of screen time. They're still seeing the tantrums afterwards. So they just, they need to, to they need a fresh start. So the long-term plan section of the book, it's the second half. It helps parents make a a plan that's unique to their family because no one knows kids like their parents. So you're going to use your observations from the detox um, as well as a lot of the information in the book to create a plan that, that works for you. Prior to the pandemic, um, my biggest thing was, uh, you know, I, like I said earlier, I, I didn't want them. I didn't want them on there at all. I was so against these uh, tablets. I was so against like just screen time altogether and I remember one lady in the bank asking me why I wouldn't answer my phone or like go on my phone while I was waiting and chatting to somebody else. And I said, well, we got to teach them respect. We've got to teach our kids not to do this and not mm-hmm. to go on these things all the time. And she argued with me. And then I said, mm-hmm. no, I'm not interested on my, at that point, my three-year-old or my two-year-old going on a screen, there was, there was no yeah. point. And her thing was, well, then they're never going to know how to use a computer. Mm-hmm. My response is if my 67 year old mother knows how to go on a tablet (laughs) my young child whose brain is developing will be able to learn but how how do we get people to understand that just because they're not on these things doesn't mean they're not gonna you know they're not gonna lose out in life yeah you are spot on and and frankly several steps ahead of where I was when my kids were those ages. Um, I was the first in line. I loved the tablets. I would hand them <laughs> over to my kids at a restaurant. I would think this is a great little, you know, child occupier in the waiting room until it wasn't until the negative effects kind of, we, we saw them and we're like, Oh, this is not what we want for our children. Um, but that took several years. So good on you for having that <laughs> mindset to begin with. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And there's a quote from, I think one of the Apple co-founders, he said, we make this technology as brain dead easy as possible. So there's no reason that kids can't learn it when they're older. And you, yeah, I mean, what you said hits the nail on the head. And and the other, the other thing, um, speaking to that point is um, you look at the marketing from the early, you know, when the iPad came out in 2011 um, and, and all these tablets came out around then too. And you look at the marketing around it and it was, it was really billed as this like, um, opportunity for our kids to get ahead, to be these rocket scientists, to, to be so smart and advanced. But then you, and we, I bought into that. Sounds like you didn't, but I did. And, but then you look at the way the, actually the creators of the technology, how do they parent their kids? And what, what's so fascinating is they are some of the strictest parents when it comes to screen time. 
Um, Steve Jobs didn't let his kids near an iPad. He was at a press conference when it released. And one of the reporters said, I bet your kids love this thing. And he's like, oh, I don't let my kids play on this. (laughs) So they know. So there's all these articles online about how strict these creators are. These engineers are the smartest, best and brightest people because they know what they're not what they're marketing to us, but they know that behind that is they're creating these this very addictive technology. And if we're not careful, we're going to buy into the marketing and we're going to hand it over to our kids and it's to their detriment. Here's a big question. And I struggle with this. So now we're slowly getting them back off. Actually, I can say quickly, we're getting them off actually pretty quickly because we didn't have much screen time prior to the pandemic. But I'm not a good example because I'm sure you'll understand this too. For work too, I have to be on, you have to pay attention to everything that's going on. So I'm on my phone. I try to limit it when I'm home with my kids, but I'm on. So what kind of example am I setting if I'm saying, hey, don't go on your screen, but mommy's going to sit here for two hours on her screen. Yeah, you're 100% right there too. Um, I, I write about this in the book. The last chapter is about tech for mom and dad and kind of taking a closer look at our own media consumption and what we want that to look like. Um, I think it's a really great conversation to have with our kids that, you know, we, the older you get, the more technology kind of integrates with our lives. We use our devices to connect to our jobs. If we put a, our phone in a lockbox for, for two weeks, we could get fired. (laughs) Um, you know, this is how we talk to the, your teachers. This is how I'm a foster mom too. This is how we communicate with your social worker. Um, we, it's so deeply integrated banking, all of these things. And so, but that kind of goes back to the fact that, you know, we're not trying to eliminate all technology forever. We're just trying to put it in its right place in our home. So I think it's really powerful to share with our kids, like, Hey, I've actually found that one area of vulnerability for me is, you know, this app, if I'm not careful, I will get sucked in. Um, and, and that says a lot to our kids and, and asking them questions like, gosh, have you ever noticed, have you ever been in a room with someone and you feel like they're not there with you because they're staring at their phone? You, have I ever made you feel like that? I'm so sorry. I want to, I really want to get this right. I want to get this right because you're going out into this world and the technology is super addictive, but it can also be really great in its right place. And so, as a family, we want to put it in its right place. We want to enjoy each other. We want to enjoy the relationship and connection we have and not um, turn away from our family and to our devices. And we just want to figure out that right balance in our home. Um, but we're going to start with a, with a two-week clean slate to kind of sort that all out. And we're really excited about it. I feel like we need to go back to the 90s where technology was in its right place. If, you know, you had the phone, you had your TV, you had a radio, but it was all kind of in its right place, video games. Um, totally. Nowadays, that's um, not always easy. That, that just reminds me, you know, I was a child of the 90s too. And I remember during summertime, it was like, you know, I'd watch Prices Right in the morning with a bowl of cereal <laughs> and then like Little House on the Prairie would come on and then some like MASH would come on. I don't know if it's the same program, but I would, I'm like, this is boring. So I turn off the TV and I'd go outside and I'd catch a lizard or knock on the neighbor's door or whatever. Well, now our kids, they don't, there's no end to the programming. There's no end to the YouTube channels, to the Netflix. You, we don't have enough days in our life, in our lifespan to watch all the way to the end. It's literally unlimited. So we just have to work a little harder um, and be a little more discerning than probably the last generation of parents. But I think this is a huge opportunity. We don't have to be fearful. We don't have to lead out of fear here. Um, but we have an opportunity as parents, especially with uh, the 80s, 90s um, background, you know, we get to, we're kind of standing in between and we get to show our kids like, Hey, this is how it was. And and kind of bring some of that back for them, that connection, that relationship. 
That's so true. You know, when you when you just said that now, you made me think too, like we could only watch cartoons on certain days of the week. Like yeah. it, the cartoons were not on every day, all day. It was like, hey, you looked forward to it on the weekend in the morning. There was no exactly. such thing as cartoons. Yes. <laughs> what is it about this two weeks specifically that is so great? Yeah. So the two weeks, um, there are a couple, there are a couple reasons. The two main ones are that it's long enough to see great results and to, to learn what you need to learn by watching your kids without that passive entertainment filter. Um, it's long enough to see, to see the potential and to see what the long-term could look like. And also it's not so long that it's overwhelming for parents or kids. Um, I do recommend if, if your kids are younger, um, and you can do this. I recommend that parents keep it open-ended. We're going to try it when you break the news to the kids. We're going to try this thing for two or not. For, I'm sorry. Don't say the timeline. <laughs> we're going to try this thing for a little while. Um, we're going to take a break from our device. It's not a punishment. It's actually, we're really excited about it. We're just, we're going to enjoy more time together connecting. And then we will bring them back in some capacity later. But for now, this is the break we're taking. If you can leave it open-ended, do that. Because a lot of families will find that they'll get to the end of the two weeks. This is what we found and we'll, and they'll say, why would we ever go back? The kids are transformed. They're happier. They're fighting less. Like, why would we just go back? And so sometimes they want to extend that. Um, it looks a little different for older kids. For your tweens and teens, that might not be as feasible. But I, I get into this in the book, too. So, yeah, the two weeks. I mean, you could do anything for two weeks. I could take up running for two weeks. That's probably all I got. <laughs> but I really think that, you know, two weeks is just enough time to see results. And it's not too long that parents feel overwhelmed by it. Two weeks seems manageable, very manageable. How can we relate all of this back to our faith? Yes, so good. Well, you know, I think about Deuteronomy 6 and how God tells his people, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and teach, and he's given the people all of these, the, the law, and he says, now teach these things to your kids. Talk to your kids about me all the time when you're walking down the road and when you're lying down and when you're getting up and he really gives us so he's so gracious to us. He gives us so much latitude in parenting. He doesn't tell us like you have to parent this way. You know, you don't really find that in the pages of the Bible, but, but he does tell us, he's very clear that we're to, to talk to our kids about him. And we're living in a world where all of those in-between moments, walking by the road, laying down, getting up, they're filled with passive media consumption. So you during your detox and beyond you're you're taking away that that thing that's filling the time filling every gap every quiet moment that parents can really seize to pour into their kids to connect with their kids and that's really what's behind all of this is amping up the connection with our kids like never before it's that relationship component just like how a good god wants to connect with us and wants to have a relationship with us um, we're reflecting that to our kids and it's really powerful. I love sharing this message with parents. Ah, oh, so important. We forget about that. We forget how to connect. We forget to ne- forget overall how to connect with one another. It's Absolutely. Amazing what technology has done for us. Uh, we've, we've heard of digital detox is and digital detox books. What makes yours different and why should people pick up your book? Yeah. So the digital detox, the two week tech reset for kids. Um, I wrote this book because it is the book I wish I had before we started our detox. Um, in researching while I was writing the book, I found a ton of resources for this is the problem from neurology perspective, from psychiatrists, from teachers. 
And once in a while, I'd come across a sentence or two that would say, oh, you can fix this with a a detox, with a break. And I'm like, okay, well, parents don't want to sift through a stack of 30 books (laughs) and then you have one sentence about the solution. What they want is from the trenches to the trenches, a guide, you know, how to troubleshoot when your kid throws a fit what to say to them, you know, how to deal with relatives that are watching your kids and aren't on board. All of these very practical things. Parents are busy. Life is so busy. A lot of parents are working like you from home. Um, They just want like, give me the meat, you know, give me, show me, show me what to do. And, And I wanted it to be incredibly practical because nobody's got time for philosophy here. We're just, we're just trying to get through the days sometimes, but with that big picture, eternal mindset. And so that's, that's how the book is. It's big picture um, at the beginning. And then it's in the trenches. Every chapter is just how to troubleshoot, how to get through the detox, how to make a long-term plan that lasts. And from someone who has done it and has clearly seen what can come out of it. Exactly. For for people who want to learn about you or want to learn more about this book or want to pick it up, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, you can find me at my website, mollydfrank.com. The book, Digital Detox, The Two-Week Tech Reset for Kids. It's available wherever books are sold. Um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Um, It's it's all over the place. Target. I don't know what you guys have where you are. I know it's a little, I don't know if any of those. (laughs) But you can definitely, there are links on my um, website, mollydfrank.com for where, um, where else you can get the book. Thank you so much for making time for us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And thank you so much for joining us. And for listening today, don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.